Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hi there. Today on the show, I'm delighted to have with me Kim McMahon talking about her career. She has been working in the tech field for nearly 20 years and has a deep passion for open source and high-performance computing. She's the Director of Visibility and Community Engagement at Risk 5 International, a speaker, a mentor, a marketing advisor, an advocate for women in HBC, and volunteers for the Grand Foundation in her spare time. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Mary, for the invite. It's so great to connect with you and visit with you after so many years. So thank I know. you for inviting me. That oh, good, great. good. So Kim, hey, tell us what you're doing today in your role right now for Risk 5 Yeah, so I work for Risk 5 They're a nonprofit. They're part of the Linux Foundation, and we work with open hardware, specifically in, it's called the ISA, the Instruction Set Architecture for a, a Semiconductor Chip. Uh, I lead all of our visibility and community programs, which means I get to talk with the community, I get to talk with members, and RISC-V is at a really interesting place in its life cycle right now in that it's just going to see exponential growth over the next five years. And I was I joined about a year ago, and I've been working with the team on building these programs, and I'm really excited to be part of that and be part of that growth that we're expecting. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so what prepared you in your past and maybe you can touch on your past and maybe a few of the roles that you've had but what prepared you to take on this role and, and to get you so excited about where you're you're going with risk five? Oh wow uh so well i i've known calista redmond our ceo for a long time and she's amazing she i worked with her when she was at IBM and leading the Open Power Foundation. And she asked me if I would move over from Cloud Native Computing Foundation, another Linux Foundation project, and come join her in, in this organization. And I jumped at the chance, it, you know, as I mentioned, where RISC-V is and with the, their maturity. But I guess coming back to your question, what prepared me for this role? And I think it's just been my whole career. And I've been lucky that I've gotten to do a lot of different things. And along the way, I figured out what I like and what I don't like. And a lot of times that translates right back to what you're good at Mm. and what you're not so good at. And um, this role originally was a director of marketing and we've expanded it that it's not, I'm not here just to market well, marketing's kind of a bad word to tech people anyway, <laughs> but I'm not here to just market Risk 5. I'm here to help make it visible, help our members be visible, the technologies, our community. You know, how are we going to be more visible? How are we going to grow? How are we going to bring everybody together who has an interest in this open source area? How are we going to bring them all together to participate? So, it's yeah, it's a great role. I think I've just lots of different jobs leading up to it that made me ready for it. 
And, and the way you, you positioned marketing and what you do today, it, there is a shift in mentality when you say you're working on creating visibility versus you think of marketing, you usually think of, okay, where's the dollars? What's the sale versus mm-hmm. building that um, collective group um, goal. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the open source, the open hardware part of it. It's that the group coming together collectively with a common goal. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not here alone to make risk five visible. Um, we have members and we have technical people and what do we need to talk about to, so that the community knows what's going on with this technology. Talk to us a little bit about what HPC is um, and open source is, if you will, because I think some people know it, some people don't, but it's so prevalent in where we are today and where we're going that mm-hmm. I think it deserves a, you know, kind of a little bit of an explainer. Sure. Yeah. Um, open source is about bringing the community together to advance a technology. Open source has principally been around software. Uh, our group is an open hardware organization. So, but it's not like we're building a piece of hardware. We're actually the, if you look at a, an instruction set, it's more of a, a standard. So, it, it, you know, this is, this is how you can build this, this uh, instruction set. And then companies will take, will contribute, they'll con- contribute to open source hardware and software. Maybe they want, um, they want an, uh, something added onto the ISA on the open hardware so that it'll enable, um, let's say, multipl- multiplication and division. And I know that sounds simple, but it, there is actually an extension that just multiplies and divides that tells your computer to multiply and divide. In software, maybe they want to take a cloud um, application and they want to be able to run a data a database against it. So a group will come together, contribute code, uh, principally code and other development efforts uh, to create this open source product. And then companies take that and uh, a lot of times turn it into commercial. Well, not a lot of times. Companies take that and turn it into commercial products, you know, Red, Red Hat with um, Linux, for example. Is this is this a fair comparison? And I and forgive me if I'm naive here, but like for the layman, this is kind of like Wikipedia, where everyone contributes to whatever a mm-hmm. uh, uh, not I don't want to say a thought, but like everyone can edit and improve, and then if it's not right, people might challenge that, or or is it is there not challenges in that environment? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's actually a really, that's a good example. There absolutely are challenges. You know, people submit, um, they'll submit code uh, to be considered adding, to be added into the open source project. And there's a whole group of uh, what are called maintainers. So you have contributors contributing, you have maintainers who maintain it, who review that, um, make sure it gets tested, and then say either yes, no, or it's not needed, or whatever. So yeah, it is similar. The Wikipedia example. (laughs) (laughs) And so HPC, can you define that? Yeah. Yeah. I love HPC. That's where I first started (laughs) in tech. I absolutely love HPC. And um, the formal definition, let's see if I can get this right. It's really about um, huge amounts of compute power to process very large data sets with how about low latency, which really means uh, that it goes really fast and it doesn't 
lag. I mean, it processes so fast. So um, big weather models, um, automobile design, uh, financial modeling. Wall Street does a lot of financial modeling using high-performance computing. And the difference with, between HPC and other computing is that it requires so much compute. And it requires, when I say low latency, you know, quick talking between the compute power and where the data is. So, Okay, so you had a degree in accounting and business administration. How did you end up focusing on where you are today in the tech space? How do you yeah. go from there to here? Uh, so I, I want to back up a little bit. I, I, was, um, I went to college in the early 80s. You already aged me when you said how long I've been working, but I went to college <laughs> in the early 80s. I loved math. Oh, I just love math and computer science. And uh, I, was gonna, I was a math major and I came home one semester and my dad said, so what are you going to do with that math degree? And I thought for a minute and what did women in the 80s do with a math degree? They taught. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that wasn't really the path for me. And I changed my major to accounting and business administration. And uh, my first job was with Texaco, the oil company, mm -hmm. you know, doing cost accounting. So about, I don't know, maybe 15 years after that, uh, Shell bought Texaco, or they merged, excuse me, they merged, and our jobs all moved to Houston, Texas. And I, I as you know, I live in Colorado, and um, I, you know, I didn't, I'm just not a Texas person. Colorado was, was my home, and at the time, I had a buddy who worked for Silicon Graphics, and he said, hey, come on, uh, come over and sell to the oil and gas industry. I'm like, I don't know anything about technology. And he's like, doesn't matter. You know the oil gas industry. You know what they need. You're going to be great. And that's that's how I got into tech and been in tech the, since then, since 99. Yeah, That's wonderful. Um, and, and it just goes to prove, I mean, goes to show, and I hope hopefully the, the listeners, you know, wherever they are in their career trajectory or, or career point, whether they're starting out or wanting to pivot, that if you have the skills and passions, there's always a way to leverage what you do know to transition into a different industry, mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, I just had good people around me at that time. And, uh, and I was really confident. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. You know, they were like, you can do this. Yeah, I can't, I can do this. And, um, and so it's a little bit of not being afraid mm -hmm. and and having a good community around me to who can I sometimes I think I, I we all need maybe we all don't. But I do need to be convinced that, yes, you are right. And yes, it's the right direction. OK, so I often see you using the hashtag living the dream. What about your job fulfills you and brings you joy? I love that you use that hashtag. Yeah, I started using it um, about 10 years ago. We made a big move. My husband and I, we made a big move from the Front Range uh, Little Tin in a, a suburb of Denver to Winter Park, Colorado. And just getting up here and being outdoors and being able to work. And I have this gorgeous home office and I have two dogs at my feet. Not right now because they do <laughs> like to bark. Um I, you know, I can take a break in the middle of the day and take the dogs for a walk or go for a hike. And I just feel so blessed. And that's why I say it's living the dream. I use that hashtag that it kind of has all come together to make, you know, work is work and life is life. And 
it's just not bad, you know, when it, with everything that I, I have right here. Um, okay. So you reflect on your career. What would you say you're most proud of? Um, boy, that was, that, that was one of the hard questions. Uh, because I tend not to, um, I think, sorry for the pausing. Uh, yeah. I, I have a feeling that a lot of your listeners are probably thinking the same thing. What are you most proud of? And I have to say that I, I have a hard time stepping up and saying what I'm most proud of. Mm. I think I would be in a totally different place in my career if I had um, that kind of, well, it's not confidence. It just feels boastful and, yeah. but it's not. Right. And, um, and that's, you know, I know I'm I'm kind of wavering away from the question a little bit, but I had a hard time thinking of what I'm most proud of because I don't talk about it a lot. Um, so I guess now that I am talking about and thinking about it, I think it's that I have a team of people that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. They are excited to come work for me. They're excited to get come to work every day. That. I, they, they like the person I am. They like the way I manage. They like how, uh, how this is, we have a life and we do have a job, but we have a life. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you need to take off for an afternoon because you have something with a child, a parent, a dog, you do that. I could, I trust that you're going to get things done. And it's, it's very empowering to the team when I trust that you'll get it done. Yeah, no, I think that's something to be very proud of, and and I relate to you about feeling bodacious or what's the brag brag how do you say that braggocious braggadocious braggadocious yes is it uh, yeah, I think so. we're gonna go with that someone will probably correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I, I I think it's just hard to say I did this I did that just because it wasn't ingrained in me as a child that you do that. But I do think, and I'm hoping that people listening understand that it's okay to shine and to acknowledge and get the accolades and call out the good things that you do and never let someone else mm-hmm. um, take credit for your work. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, you can be very proud of non materialistic kind of things that have great significant value. And that's in the relationships and in the trust mm-hmm. and the leadership that you establish in a company, which yeah. I think is cool. Cool. Uh, okay. I was shifted now from what you were proud of to uh, what are some challenges that you've had to overcome in your career to get where you are? Well, so I, you know, I've mentioned many times you, the, the generation that I came up in the workforce and um, and when I worked for Texaco, it was a lot of men. And I moved from accounting into business development where I was like selling refineries and um, negotiating pipeline agreements to make sure there was enough gasoline in Denver. I mean, like big, big business development type things. And I've always been like uh, one of maybe two women or something like that. You're, you're nodding. Yeah. What, one of the few women in, in departments. So, you know, I, I, in terms of the challenges, I, I think it's the one it's challenges that a lot of people are going to feel regardless of who they are, that maybe they're not feeling like they're being listened to that they got that seat at the table, but 
Um, there's a guy, there's another person, let me, let's, let's try to non-genderize it, but mm-hmm. there's another person who's repeating everything you say and the table nodding at that individual, or of course, you know, the harassment, the, the gender harassment, you know, all those kind of challenges. And I don't know if I'm just older now and it doesn't happen or if, or if I, I just stand up for myself and yeah. I wish I had done that earlier, stand up for myself and like, no, that's not okay. That is absolutely not okay. And um, so I, it's a lot of those challenges, uh, you know, just being, I guess people having a preconceived notion of who you are. Right. Based totally. on, yeah, based on your how you look. Yeah. And I, I don't think no matter what industry you are, I think that has, has been a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully somewhat correcting itself. I don't know how much, but hopefully yeah. we're making progress. Um, yeah, but I, but I would also say that, you know, there, there are always a, hand, a handful of jobs that you've had where those challenges are pretty great. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, 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 as especially in the last 10 to 15 years, you know, I just walked be like, no, this is just not worth, not worth my time. I'm going to go someplace where, where, you know, you're appreciated. So, oh, 100%. I am. I definitely advocate advocate that anyone who is experiencing sexual harassment needs to stand up for themselves, seek help, um, exit, you know, do what you can, um, reach out for help. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely that. But, you know, even if you are given that seat at the table, but you're not given the voice at that table, Mm -hmm. I mean, if that kind of stuff is happening, it's, you know, are, are, do you value me as much as I value me? So right. it, it's really hard for all of us. It's hard for a lot of us to do that, but it's something I work at reminding myself every day. Yeah. Um, so I know you're an advocate um, for women in tech and especially women in HBC. What specific events do you put on or are you involved in or for our listeners that might be curious or wanting to get involved in HBC as a woman, um, how could they learn more? So uh, there's a wonderful organization called Women in HPC, and I'm not involved with that organization currently, but it's a wonderful organization uh, bringing together education, uh, learning opportunities, networking, um, you know, really helping women promote other women. Uh, in At the Linux Foundation, uh, we uh, at our events, at Linux Foundation manages all our events because we are part of the Linux Foundation, and they have a phenomenal diversity and inclusivity program to where um, gender gender buttons. So, you know, if you have a preference of what you, what gender you want to be called into networking and diversity and inclusion events at, uh, at all of our events. Um, So if, you know, to try to, I'd suggest, you know, kind of looking around for some of those different diversity organizations, diversity and inclusivity, and then finding pe- finding people and talking with them. But, you know, what kind of things are they going to and doing? Um, I want to give a small plug, and I know it's one of your later questions here, but, you know, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting ready to launch. Uh, oh, gosh, I better look at the name because I keep mixing up the what order we put the names in we're launching what we're it, what is called the open hardware diversity allowance alliance pardon me so risk five chips alliance western digital and open power foundation we're going to come together and we uh, we have come together and we are going to uh, 
launched this diversity alliance that focuses on women and underrepresented individuals. So if you are in open hardware, come and, and join us. Our goal will be to have learning events and podcasts or and networking, like career advice, um, what I want to call a buddy system instead of a mentor system, a buddy system to take people under your wing and uh, and help them navigate the community. Um, in tech, the number of women and underrepresented individuals is so low, especially open hardware, that it definitely is a negative. It's a negative to the development mm -hmm. of of the products. So uh, we are pulling this alliance together to help identify underrepresented and, and women and, you know, help them feel confident and join in and jump in with your feet. So um, check with your company. A lot of companies have diversity inclusivity programs. Your company is probably involved in a lot of organizations, different foundations and nonprofits. And a lot of those have, uh, have organizations. In Denver, there's a organization called the Women in Tech. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think actually they're nationwide and there's a, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of different organizations where you can get together with other like-minded people. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, what, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember that one too. Uh, I, I was once talking to a former boss of mine and he said, you know, you are somebody who is never afraid to ask, you know, because I was I'd be like, hey, can we do this? Or, hey, can you introduce me to that person? And he said, you know, you're never afraid to ask. And I've, I've taken that and reminded myself that I don't be afraid to ask mm -hmm. for help. Don't be afraid to ask somebody to make an introduction. Don't be able to afraid to ask for what you want. I mean, the worst you can get is a no. Right. Right. So right. I think that's probably the best career advice I, I got kind of in an offhanded as his exasperated voice is like, <laughs> you know, you are never afraid to ask a ask for something. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. And you, oh, you always got what you wanted one way or another. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. What does to be bolder mean to you? Well, I tell you, I love, I love your website. I love what you are doing. And, um, Thank you, because this is about stepping up. It's reaching out. It's um, looking for ways that I can prove myself and be the best that I can be. And it's also about using my privilege as a white woman to help other women and other individuals, underrepresented individuals, get involved and meet people. And what do you want to do? And what's your goals? And how, you know, use use the knowledge I have to help. And, and also, you know, taking from you the strength from you, Mary, it's, it's about having an opinion and not being able to say it and then stand by it. And, um, you know, stepping up and saying, this is what I believe. And so, yeah, that's what to be bolder. Did I get Thank it you. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love it because every woman has a different statement that she associates with it, but they're all so meaningful and in alignment with what my vision was. And that is really just um, what's most important for everyone to know that, you know, to be bolder is something from within you that you may or may not know is inside you, but step into that and show up and be that person. And 
look where you'll end up going. Anyway, thank yeah. you for being on the show today. Uh, it's a pleasure reconnecting. Yes. Uh, yes. If someone wanted to connect with you, how best could they connect with you? Twitter. Okay. And my Twitter handle is at K-A-M-C-M-A-H-O-N. And you can find me on LinkedIn or you can email me at um, first initial last name, K McMahon at linuxfoundation.org. So I'd be happy to talk with anybody. And I would say the best advice I can give, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask. You know, you would be surprised how many people want to help other yeah. people. Totally yeah, so, agree. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mary. You have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2bbolder.com. That's the number two, little b, boulder.com.